All right, everybody, welcome back to a special edition of the Figure It Out podcast with me. That's right. I'm your guest host for this evening as Chandler Collins is on assignment and Blaine Wheeler is out of town. So Johnny Rowe will be your host for this evening's rendition of the Figure It Out podcast. I'm honored to be here. You know, Chandler asked me to be a guest on this podcast for last year's Chiefs season. And the, the way this podcast has grown uh, in just a couple of years is, is, is a testament to Chandler's work on it. And uh, we have a lot of fun on this podcast. So, yeah, with both guys being out of town, we wanted to make sure we got some content out to you guys because we missed the Chiefs recap pod uh, with, uh, with Christmas falling on the weekend and everybody traveling for the holidays. Uh, we wanted to make sure we got this podcast out. So it should be a lot of fun as we fly through this week 17 slate uh, of NFL games, a lot of playoff implications on the line. Um, and with these added playoff spots, uh, seven in each conference, it uh, should make for a lot of teams still thinking they're in the hunt uh, for a playoff berth. And so I was thinking, like, am I going to go through this entire podcast uh, just by myself talking to my iPad for two hours? And as fun as that would be for me, uh, I figured that would get old for you all. And so I wanted to bring on a friend of mine um, to, to talk through these games with me. Uh, his alias is Joe Rat. Uh, Joe is a friend of mine that I met through some, uh, you know, some other friends. He's a friend of a friend, but him and I have stayed in contact for a long time. And Joe uh, is the host of the Ball Placement podcast. It's a podcast that focuses on the Chicago Bears, uh, the Washington football team, who now goes by the Commanders. Washington football team is way cooler, and of course, they go around the NFL. Uh, similar to how we do on the Figure It Out podcast. And so with that, uh, let's bring on our friend Joe Rat. Joe, how's it going tonight, man? Really good, Johnny. want to say I appreciate you for having me on and um, big fan of the podcast and kind of an inspiration for our own. So happy to contribute and uh, always like talking about the rest of the league as well. So I'm ready. It'll be interesting to get your perspective Um a couple times this year, we've had our Bears correspondent for the Figure It Out podcast, Jordan Turner, chime in with his thoughts on the Bears. And frankly, with, this, with the Bears season going as is, currently a 3-12 and record slated to pick uh, in the top three of the NFL draft. I believe they're at two. Um, it's just not been a good enough season from the Bears' perspective to really warrant uh, that much discussion. And that's no slight to you, Joe. I remember when the Chiefs were terrible. I mean, the Chiefs picked first in the 20, 2013, so the 2012, what was that? The 2013 NFL draft when they took Eric Fisher? Anyways, Andy yeah. Reid ended up becoming their their coach, and they turned it around and made the playoffs that year. So, like, if the Bears get a few things right, I think Eberflus might be the right guy for the job. Justin Fields certainly has looked the part at times. If they can get a few things right, and, you know, we'll get your perspective more on them later. I'm sure that they can – uh, figure some things out not to plug our own <laughs> podcast but of course we we will do that so let's just set the stage real quick for everybody full slate of nfl games this weekend it's a regular slate and by that i mean you know we've had some saturday games we've had um you know multiple sunday or night or monday games or however however it's been there's no saturday football this week it's thursday night full slate sunday Monday night football setting up for next weekend, the final weekend, uh, week 18, no Thursday, all of the games 
uh, will fall on Sunday. So no Thursday, Saturday, or Monday next week. Um, so that'll be interesting as all the uh, final, the finality of the season unfolds. But this is week 17. Um, a lot of our listeners hopefully are in their final week of their fantasy football matchups. Crunch time for everybody. So uh, certainly a lot of juicy details to get to here. And, uh, you know, Joe, unless you have anything, I think we should just hop right into it. No, yeah, this is the, uh, the witching hour, if you will, of the 2022 season. Yeah, it is. So uh, let, let's get into this first matchup. Um, and, you know, usually we do uh, a week 16 takeaway. Joe, I didn't, I didn't tell Joe to prepare one. So uh, just off the top of my head here, since we're kind of just winging this, I'll just say one real quick. Um, my week 16 takeaway uh, actually was formed today with the news that the Raiders are going to be benching uh, Derek Carr for the remainder of the season, which is just wild. They recently signed him to a three-year, multi-million dollar, actually over $100 million extension. It hasn't been good enough from Derek Carr this year, but to me, uh, I really think that a lot of this might be just a, a way for Josh McDaniels to save his skin a little bit. I think my takeaway is that even though it's not gone well for Derek Carr in, in Las Vegas and, and before that Oakland, I think Derek Carr is going to be on a team next year like the Jets or the Colts and really be good enough uh, to get that team to where they're going to want to be. Similarly to how when the Titans got Ryan Tannehill from Miami, Derek Carr can just be a bridge guy for one of these other teams. If the Jets had Derek Carr right now, there'd be no doubt in my mind that they'd be currently in a playoff position. If the Colts had Derek Carr right now, they certainly wouldn't be showing what they showed with Nick Foles the other night. I think that Derek Carr, yes, he's on the Raiders. Yes, it looks like he is wearing guy liner. I think Derek Carr gets a bad rap. He's had multiple different coaches, multiple offensive coordinators, and what's been consistent in Derek Carr's career is a sieve of a defense. The Raiders have the worst defense, if, if not the second worst defense in the entire league, and that's with Max Crosby on that defense. So, you know, uh, I like when the Chiefs beat them because it's the Raiders. Outside of football, Derek Carr is, is a good man. He's a man of faith. Um, he's a father. Congrats on the sex. I think he's going to find himself on a different team next year and really have more success than he's had. Uh, in the past there. Okay, Joe, let's get into the rest of the slate. That was my takeaway. Thursday, December 29th, it'll be the Cowboys at the Titans. Cowboys 11-4, and four, Titans 7-8. and eight. This will be the final game of the inaugural season of Amazon Prime having Thursday night football. Look, I think the matchups for the most part this year were really shitty. Um, couple good ones. Probably one of the best ones was the opening one in week two, uh, yeah. Chargers at Chiefs. A lot of meh, blah matchups. What it does, what you know, for the viewer, it hasn't been that great. Some broadcast hiccups, um, especially on the pregame. But the 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 play by play from Al Michaels, the color commentary from um, Kirk Herbstreet has have been fantastic. The matchups will get better, and this has made Jeff Bezos a ton of money. So it's like, you know, you can just put the teams there and then just kind of hope for the best. But this is another, it's kind of, you know, the story of the season for these Amazon Prime matchups, Joe, 
Cowboys are right there. They they're coming off of a huge victory against the uh, against the Eagles. You know their biggest rival. Even though Jalen Hurts wasn't playing in the game, it's still a huge game. And the Eagles have a great roster, and it was a great game back and forth. But here oh, yeah. in this matchup against the Titans, Joe. Okay, talk to me and the listeners about your thoughts here because the line's at twelve. Cowboys minus twelve, and that's directly because. The Titans aren't playing any of their players. Six no. starters, six starters have already been ruled out for this game. Derrick Henry is doubtful. Um, Jeffrey Simmons is out. And it's it's because this game doesn't really matter for the Titans, right? All the playoff implications are next week. Talk to us about what we got there. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one for Al, <laughs> unfortunately. It seems like, like you said, he hasn't gotten even a handful of good matchups this matchup on paper all starters all healthy is a great matchup um it's a you know obviously a run first team versus a a gunslinging team with a pretty well balanced uh roster in dallas but it's gonna be another you know easy win or should be an easy win for dallas uh that won't really prove anything other than another win to hopefully get them closer to a number one seed um as they hunt for that the titans like you said they don't play for anything this week because it all comes down to a matchup with the jaguars next week um the titans i think in this situation the titans have to win that game next week to make the playoffs the jags don't have to win next week to make the playoffs but we'll get to that later i guess but um do you think i mean they should bench all their starters right yeah, so I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think you said this in the group text that we're in. It's like, I see why the Titans are benching their starters, and then the Jaguars aren't benching their starters, and I see why they're doing that. It really just boils down to that game next week. You, there, to me, there really is no right or wrong, because Mike Vrabel knows a lot more about football than I'll ever know in my life. So if he wants to bench his starters, go ahead. Doug Peterson's a Super Bowl champion. If he wants to play his guys, that's great. You know, if, if you bench your starters and you win and go to the playoffs next week, well, then you obviously are the genius. But if it's the other way around and you lose, it's... It, it, it doesn't really matter. All that matters yeah. is whoever wins next week between the Cowboys or the, uh, the sorry, the uh, Titans and the Jaguars. And it doesn't matter if the Titans lose this game. So what I, and what we do on this pod is we like to just for the sake of the pod pick a betting, what we're going to bet on in this game. Okay. Dallas minus 12. I don't care. I don't care what's going on, who's playing. Most most of the time, I want to bet on a dog at home, you know, getting 12 points. Here's the issue for me. I think Malik Willis is bad. I think Correct. Malik Willis sucks. I was about to say the same thing. So, I don't know. I think I'm going to take Dallas on the 12 here. What do you think? I would have to agree. It's – it's, I think it's a little lower than I expected to be, which means in my mind it's a little lower than what it's begging people to take. So definitely that means go against that logic and hammer the Dallas. Um, <laughs> but I was going to say, yeah, Will is, is the X factor because you have to give him time. You have to give him snaps. But if you're going to bench everybody else, he's going to be 
bad anyway. So anyway, but yeah, I would, for the sake of the, uh, the segment, I'm just going to take the Cowboys as well over under 39 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I'm staying away from the over under. I'm not even sure what to do there because here's the thing. I saw that Pollard and uh, Parsons are questionable for this game. You know, maybe they might rest those guys too. Look, if Parsons plays, Malik Willis is a great runner. He, he really is. He was a great runner at Liberty. He just, he just can't throw. That's the yeah. thing. He, it, like, he can throw the football. He cannot throw the football against a professional defense. And Dallas's defense, although they gave him a lot of points last week, Dallas is a good defense. And they get after the quarterback. And Malik is just going to have a tough day here. So I, we'll both take Dallas. We'll mark it down, and we'll move on to Sunday. Sunday's got a huge slate of games. There's one game on Thursday. There's one game on Monday. So that would mean there's 14 matchups uh, on Sunday. We're going to push the Bears, uh, Lions, and then the Broncos Chiefs towards the end. So we'll get Joe's in-depth take on what the Bears game is going to look like. And then we'll, of course, get my excellent, superior, perfect expertise uh, talking about the Chiefs um, as they face the most hapless sad organization in professional sports, uh, the Denver Broncos. So with that, let's start on Sunday, January 1st, the first day of the new year, starting off with a full slate of games. Everybody's going to be hung over from the night before. Yeah, the NFL is going to make an absolute killing with viewership uh, on Sunday, January 1st, 2023. The Arizona Cardinals are 4-11. and They're going to face the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Uh, the Falcons have a 5-10 and record. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites here. And look, we like on our podcast to label games stinky. We'll throw the stinky tag on a lot of games. And I don't know how to describe anything as more perfectly stinky than Colt McCoy versus Desmond Ritter. They are both terrible quarterbacks. Desmond Ritter Ritter looks completely overmatched, similarly to uh, Malik Willis when he's out there. And these organizations are both sad. Give me your take on this game other than what's the fucking point? <laughs> um, I would say Ritter is obviously a lot more to prove. Um, and dirty, stinky, yeah, stinky is probably the correct term. I would say we usually call the Eagles the dirty birds, but this is too dirty bird franchise. These are flightless birds. I mean, these birds are dead. These are drones. Drones. These are not real. No. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to. It's Atlanta minus three and a half. I mean, my t- there's no real takeaway because Ritter's an unproven guy. You're not going to take a whole lot of stock out of this. McCoy's a holdover because Kyler's hurt. Uh, I guess what you're looking for is mostly on the Falcon side because the Cardinals don't. Their future is a lot more murky now coaches in question of himself you might resign whatnot all those rumors falcons have a decent coach i think i think he's a, a um, arthur smith i think he's decent um he just gave um what's his face uh mariotto a little too long of a leash i think he should have started ritter a month ago but that's neither here nor there um yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what about you? I don't even know where I would lean if I'm. Yeah, so in in this matchup, I would lean uh, from a betting perspective just on the home favorite. I, I, I there is so much wrong with both of these teams. I would just lean on the home favorite and not think about it too much. 
JJ uh, Watt recently announced uh, that he is going to be retiring. So uh, he only has a couple games left. So he's going to be playing hard. Um, but there really is just not much going right for the Cardinals. I mean, we just saw what they did against the terrible Tampa Bay team in prime time. They couldn't muster up anything. It's obvious to me that Cliff Kingsbury is a lame duck coach. And it's obvious to me that Steve Kime is probably a lame duck GM. Uh, I, I, I saw something the other night during that game where their owner was sitting in, in the booth next to two other gentlemen, neither of which were Steve Kime, who apparently was missing the game due to an unforeseen illness. Um, Steve's done. Cliff's done. They laid their cards on the table and they showed that they're going to go with Kyler. That's why they paid him all that money. Kyler got hurt. They are going to have to do some soul searching. And there, I would just not want to be an Arizona Cardinals fan right now. One thing I will monitor. I saw somebody who I trust on Twitter, uh, a source per source that someone who could be on the move on the, on that, on that Cardinals defense would be Isaiah Simmons. And Isaiah Simmons is a versatile defensive piece who struggled early in his career, but has played really good football this year. And I think he would be a Swiss army knife of wonderful. I don't even know what I'm saying. He would be a Swiss army knife, a welcome surprise. There we go. In the Steve Spagnolo defense on this Kansas city chiefs team. Oh, and he just so happens to be from Olathe, Kansas. So that would be a big boost um, in the recruiting if the Chiefs could bring Isaiah Simmons over to their team. And on the Falcons side, like I don't know if Arthur Smith is a good coach, but I'll just take them as the home betting favorite. Fantasy yeah. football tip, if you need to start somebody at your running back position and you're looking for, you know, if you if you got this, the injury bug late and you're trying to win your championship, you could stream t- Tyler Algier. He had a great game last week, and he's been getting the brunt of the work over Cordero Patterson. So, Joe, unless you have anything else, I think we should just lock in the Falcons minus three and a half uh, and move on. So we'll go, we'll go, like I said, we'll push the Bears and the Chiefs game back to the end. So let's move to the Dolphins at the Patriots. Dolphins eight and seven, Patriots seven and eight. Playoff implications here. Both teams trying to be in the playoffs. The Dolphins had a really good chance to lock themselves into the playoffs. But here we go again, Joe. Uh, the the concussions with Tua are becoming a big issue and just his play overall has been a big issue look I don't know if he was concussed in the second half of that game against the Packers uh, on Sunday he was flat out horrible he was throwing the ball directly to the other team and it wasn't even close the Dolphins have lost four in a row they're three-point underdogs on the road to a Patriots team who also stinks Mac Jones is the Grayson Allen of the NFL. He, er, he just likes to trip people and bite them and kick them in the balls and do some other weird shit. I think, I think the Dolphins are in trouble. I yeah. think the Dolphins are – I don't think they're going to be able to start Tua this weekend. Even no. if he would be able to, the backlash from the keyboard warriors would ruin the Dolphins publicity-wise – the Dolphins already have a lot of bad publicity. They've, they're forfeiting their first-round draft pick next year because of some tampering shit and their owner doing some under-the-table shit. So let me know what you think here. Patriots minus three at home? It's probably the way I'm leaning. Yeah, Belichick just does well against, I mean, bad quarterbacks, obviously, but quarterbacks like Teddy, um, who 
one are just mediocre at best and two stare down their guys and try to use their legs to bail themselves out. Um, he's bad. Belichick is bad against good running quarterbacks. He's good against bad mobile quarterbacks who also just make poor decisions, obviously. Um, this is a, you know, we saw Teddy come in early, earlier in the season and did not look good at all. I think in the first snap of that game, he was, it was a safety or um, sack fumble in the end zone or something. Um, but yeah, even with the weapons, I think it's already confirmed. I think I saw on Twitter as well that two is not playing. So it's definitely Teddy under center. Um, and as bad as Mac Jones has been, you have to take the Patriots here um, purely because that Patriots defense continues to play really hard. And the Dolphins, I don't think we'll be able to move move the ball well. I know it sounds kind of general and blanket, but. Well, no, I think you're fine. I think it's fine. And I, I, you know, one thing too, that we've been incorporating so far, um, probably since early to mid November is we we like to look at weather. And I really kind of looked as bad as the weather was last weekend. The weather looks pretty good for this time of the year around the country. I haven't seen it. it, It's Wednesday night when we're recording this. So I haven't seen anything crazy. I haven't seen if there's going to be any major gusts. I don't know if wind is going to be playing a factor anywhere. Look, I, give me Bill Belichick against Teddy Bridgewater. I think the Patriots are going to run the hell out of the football. Ramondre had a horrible, horrible fumble and didn't have a good game at all last week. But he's their best player on offense, and they know it. Yeah. So they're, they're going to give you a heavy dose of Ramondre. What I will say is regardless of quarterback, Tyreek Hill is going to have a great game. It doesn't matter. When Teddy played earlier, when Skylar Thompson or whatever his name is played earlier this year, Tyreek still produced. So it doesn't matter who's back there. Tyreek is an amazing player at the wide receiver position. And so, you know, of course, don't get crazy and bench Tyreek because there's a backup quarterback. I mean, if you're if you're in the championship and you're doing that, I want what you're smoking. Um, So it looks like we're in lockstep here. We'll we'll be three for three so far. Uh, yeah. picking uh, the betting favorites. Joe and I will both take the Patriots minus three um, in that game. That'd be really interesting because that would put both of those teams at eight and eight as they're trying to get that final playoff spot in the AFC. Colts yeah, at know. Giants. You got something? Tiebreaker on that if they do tie, but I guess that's uh, next week's problem. Yeah that, yeah, that would definitely be next week's problem. And then you have to factor in what the Jets are doing, too. The right. Jets are right there, too. Jaguars. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if the Jaguars could still get in if they win two in a row and lose. Everybody else loses. No, yeah. Or if they win one and they lose one. I don't know what that would look like. Anyways. All right, let's go Colts at Giants. Colts 4-10-1, and one, Giants 8-6-1. It's funny that both of these teams have a tie on their, on their record. Giants are six-point favorites at home here. Oh, this game stinks, too. Look, I, I, we, we called the Giants frauds all year long. They are frauds. The Colts are pathetic. I mean, they, I thought after one week it was cool that Je- Jeff Saturday won that first week. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous the kind of stuff that bill cower was saying on cbs that it's a tragedy and an embarrassment to the profession that someone like jeff saturday would be chosen over other people who have worked their whole lives to be in a position to be considered a head coach 
Meanwhile, you know, Bill Cower is on TV and he didn't go to school for broadcast journalism. And there's a bunch of other broadcasters and journalists that he got picked over because he was a coach in the NFL. But I digress. Bill Cower won't ever think about that kind of shit. In this matchup, Jeff Saturday is completely outclassed as a head coach to Brian Dable. He's not going to win coach of the year, but he should be in the running. I think Nick Sirianni is going to win coach of the year. Um, But Brian Dable has done a great job with this team, which top to bottom is really lacking talent uh, for the Giants. But against the the Colts here, it's going to be Nick Foles again. That sucks. Give me the Giants all day in this spot. I don't really like betting the Giants with six points, but in this in this spot against a dead Colts team, I'll take them. What say you? No, yeah, I agree. Uh, at first, I didn't like the line just because the, the Giants are a run-heavy team, and that's it gives – well, on one hand, it doesn't give the Colts a lot of time to come back, but it, if you're running a lot, you have a lot of less room for error and your attack is limited. Um, but no – um, you know, the Colts are without any sort of quarterback. Their running backs on IR has been on IR for a couple of weeks, but uh, just no threat on the offensive side. And when that happens, your defense, as hard as they play, are going to wear down really easily. They've been out of it forever. Or not, not forever, but um, they've been out of it for a while. And I think that takes a toll over the course of a course of a game and against a team that is desperate and a team that's going to uh, pound the ball. Uh, I was going to say the same thing about the Falcons, not that they have a chance, but teams that just pound the rock uh, and are desperate for a win are, you know, probably the you know best bet here. The, uh, the Giants currently are the sixth seed in the NFC playoff picture. So while we know that they are frauds, getting into the playoffs feels great. And this is a team that has been awful. I mean, the Giants have been awful with Gettleman and the assortment of coaches that they had been going through. I believe their GM's name is Joe Shane. And uh, Dayball came with him, of course. They were guys in Buffalo. They've done a great job um, just getting the most out of this roster. Daniel Jones is a quarterback. The fifth-year option wasn't picked up on. That obviously means that he's not their quarterback of the future. Uh, if you don't if you don't pay them early and then you don't pick up their option, uh, you don't believe in them that much. But I mean, Danny had like three hundred something passing yards last week. He can run. They just don't scare me overall. But this is an, a matchup uh, that they certainly certainly should win. Yeah. But and by desperate, I just, go ahead. They've got a lot of teams breathing down their neck. I mean, they're in a they're in a playoff spot, like you said, but not a lot of room for error. Not a lot of room for error, that's for sure. Saints at Eagles. Uh, the Saints are six and nine, nice. And the Eagles are 13 and two. The Eagles have the best record in all of football coming off of a loss. Now, I have not seen anything official. I don't know if you, if you have, go ahead and chime in, but I haven't seen anything official uh, on Jalen Hurts uh, starting or not. I don't think he practiced today, uh, but it. There's a chance that it's going to be Gardner Minshew again. Gardner looked, you know, he had some interceptions last week, but Gardner can ball. I mean, Gardner can ball. And I was pretty tough last week on, on him. Cowboys ended up, Cowboys ended up covering uh, in that game, but I was, I was tough 
uh, because he's a backup. And I think backups are a backup for a reason. If he was good enough, somebody's going to go pay him and make him their starter for the entire year. And, you know, I like Minshew. I think he's cool. I like his whole demeanor. Um, I think I've shared this before. I don't know if you know this, but his name is Gardner Beowulf Minshew Third, And there is no Gardner Beowulf Minshew II. Like his hmm. dad's name is, I don't know what his dad's name is, but it's like Jim, Jim Minshew. Stolen, stolen Valor. You know, you know it's, it's, it's not Jim Minshew, but it's not Gardner Beowulf Minshew II. So Gardner is not, he's, his weird-ass name fits his weird-ass personality, and it's pretty <laughs> cool that he can ball out at quarterback too. But yeah, the line, the line in this game is Philadelphia minus six at home against the Saints here. I think the Saints suck. Uh, but they got a win last week in a horrific conditions against the Cleveland Browns. What is your lean on this game? The Eagles will be without right tackle Lane Johnson, but it looks yeah. like they'll get him back for the playoffs, but he won't be playing here. What 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 do you think? Yeah, obviously huge loss. Uh look, I mean, it's good that good for them that it's not a super long term, but uh not a not a good injury to have late this late in the season to your best one of your best linemen, uh, all pro for sure. But Saints huge win against a hapless Browns team now. Um, not that we care about the Browns, but Saints are also one. I mean, they're in contention for that division uh, lead. Uh, they probably lose the tiebreakers within, within that division, I think. But uh, Eagles minus six here. I think you hammer it, which. Just because of that, you know, like you said, it's not going to be terrible conditions, but I think Dalton just stinks in um, this kind of situation where it's a much He stinks late. flat out, period. That's the end of the <laughs> sentence. He stinks. But this is like the, this is like the flip side of the Kirk Cousins thing. Uh, Kirk has, you know, shown he can be clutch, and Andy Dalton's kind of stolen that or had been the king of that mediocre line of I'm going to maybe get us to the playoffs, but in crunch time, it's over. Uh, this is a must-win game for the Saints, and I don't see it happening. Eagles would probably run away with this. Literally, probably run a lot in this game. So you'll take the Eagles minus six. What we're going to do here is, for the pod, we're going to break this up a little bit since you are – we're either just thinking the exact same thing or you you are just copying me. Because I would never copy you. You know, I'm I have too much pride for that. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to take the saints here. If it's Gardner Minshew, I'm going to take the saints just to cover the six. I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but I'm, I'm going to take them to cover the six. I could see that line moving a little bit too. It might move up to six and a half because people want to bet the Eagles and they think the saints suck and the saints do suck, but they, they do have something to play for here. So I'll, I'll, I'll take the saints. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I see what you, I mean, I totally get what you're doing. Like, obviously, Taking the favorites, all, all the whole slate would be kind of boring. But Eagles also playing for the number one seed. So I think they're going to go all out. But, yeah, of course, I mean, Saints are a lot more desperate than the Eagles. So I see your side. Joe still- Rat Beowulf Minshew the third will be taking the Eagles in this position. So 
we do have one that we differentiated on there. We got to keep this moving though, because there's a lot of games to get to. Now this game, Oof. although it stinks, I know where because you're going. The teams suck. There's a lot here. There's a lot here that they're playing for. The the six and nine Panthers, nice, are going to Tampa to face Brady and the Buccaneers, seven and eight. Both teams under five hundred. Both teams playing for the first place uh, spot in the division. If the Panthers win their final two games, they're in. If they win, they're in. Interim coach Steve Wilkes and this Panthers team, led by Sam Darnold, will be in the playoffs, which is just kind of wild to say. And on the flip side, Tampa is a mess. They're a mess. The only play that they can – the only play they can get some yardage on is a quick out pass to Chris Godwin. Mike Evans and Tom Brady look completely lost when, 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 when trying to complete passes. Um, they can't run the football. Leonard Fournette tweeted that he has a Liz Frank injury in his foot and then quickly deleted it. Um, and he just looks out of shape. Like he, you know, he just looks like overweight. And uh, they, they don't use Rashad White as much, even though he did get in the end zone, I believe, last week. But they don't use him consistently enough, in my opinion. I, I, I just think I, think I think Carolina is a better team. I think they're a better team. I think Sam Darnold looks okay. I legit think – I legit think Sam Darnold – I don't think he's a world beater, but it's been a mess. He said Adam Gase – and Matt Rule, and bullshit teams around him. Look, he's not, like, amazing. But I think, like, in a really good scenario, he he could be the guy. And Steve Wilkes has done a good job with this team. I don't know if Steve Wilkes is their long-term guy. But in this position, getting three points against Tampa, I, I really like Carolina. Can you talk me out of it? No. Uh, once again, we agree, <laughs> which – like I get for the podcast. Yeah, damn right we agree. <laughs> the Panthers are the better team. The Buccaneers, look, I don't. Have, we don't have a you know as big of a listening listening crowd that you guys have yet. But on our podcast, we do the Rat Pack, and the Buccaneers have been on the Rat Pack for like the entire season almost. And you keep winning these games in the last second because Brady gets some calls in his favor and he's Brady he still has that like last second juice and they're a better team with the hurry up offense. They just, they just don't do it until the last two minutes of the game, but I'm taking the Panthers. Devontae Foreman is, I don't know. I mean, he's a good back. He's had his you know moments on different squads uh, throughout his uh, brief career, but I mean, he's running with his hair on fire and Sam Darnold's just not making mistakes and the offense is using him in, a variety of ways using as athleticism um, in ways that we only saw brief flashes of in New York. Um, and yeah, like you said, the, the Buccaneers offense is in complete disarray. They can't get a single drive looking like a normal NFL, a competent NFL team um, and don't use their personnel correctly, but it is what it is. And I'm, I'm taking the Panthers uh, money line, not even, I'm not even doing spread. I'll take a money line. That's juicy. I like that. I wonder, 
I don't know if you're looking at it right now, but what would be the number on that money line? Probably, yeah, here it is, plus 140. I like that number a lot. I really do. They have a lot to play for. One thing I will point out, that the passing game for Tampa has been inept, but J.C. Horn is a very good young corner for this Panthers team, and he's out this yep. week. So I would definitely monitor that. I don't know if that makes a big enough difference. Here's the game for me. The Panthers ran for 320 yards on the Lions last week. Tampa has a better run defense than that, but the, the, I can talk about this because the Chiefs ran the ball down the throat of the, of the Bucks earlier this year. Yeah. If I'm Steve Wilkes, I'm, of, I'm calling Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, and I'm asking them what, what they did and what they saw against this Tampa team. And I am having my assistants cut up and focus on what worked this year running the football against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because if Deontay Foreman and Chubba Hubbard can get going against this Buccaneers defense, this is going to be a great game. For the, for the Panthers. It really is just a, if the Panthers can get to 24 points, I don't know if the Buccaneers can score that many points. I think so if they can, if they can run for three touchdowns and then get a field goal or, or two, I, I think this is a great recipe uh, for the Panthers. Any final thoughts here before we go? No, completely agree. Cool. Basie Horn is a factor, but guess who did they, guess who they signed though? The who? Josh Norman. <laughs> What what year is it? Josh fucking Norman. Are you kidding me? That that'll be. Did you see the reports? This is a side tangent, but I saw some bullshit report today because I spend my life on Twitter that said that the Cowboys have been in contact with 49 year old Terrell Owens to come in. Like, yeah, shut the fuck up. Some of these reporters need to be. We need to bring back some sort of bullying. I mean, maybe not like shoving people in lockers, but some sort of like, hey, pussy, shut the fuck up. But Jerry Jones keeps doing it on these radio stations that he gets his, he gets a daily or a weekly uh, weekly hour in in Dallas. Uh, he just keeps bringing up these random, like, oh, oh yeah, OB happen. And then Terrell Owens, well, well, you know, everything's on the table. Like, he just throws these quotes out. Like, it's just... What are the, what else are these journalists going to write about? This is free. That's free money for them. Yeah, the Chiefs have been in contact with 484 pound left tackle <laughs> Willie Rofe the last few days. Uh, yeah, okay. And Morton Anderson. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I think we're getting, we're, we're moving, moving through these games pretty good. So we'll go to the next one: Browns at Commanders. God, some of these matchups actually flat out suck. The Browns are six and nine. Nice. That's a hilarious record for them to have with their quarterback being Deshaun Watson. Um, they are playing the Commanders seven, seven, and one. Another funky looking record. I, I saw this. I don't know if you saw, but the Commanders, let me say the line first, too. Commanders, two point favorites here against the Browns. The, the Commanders are making a move back to Carson Wentz. Uh, they flipped back to Wentz at some point in the second half. Um, Heineke just wasn't getting it done. And, and I see what I see why, actually. I like Heineke. I think the team likes to play for him. But if Heineke is turning over the ball, which he that's why they went to him in the first place, because Wentz was Wentz was too careless with the football. If Heineke is turning over the ball, he doesn't have the ceiling that Wentz can get to. 
that we've seen at points. We know his floor is low because he turns the ball over. But if Heineke's turning the ball over, well, you know Wentz is going to do that. So you might as well put Wentz back in there and see what you got. And the commanders are, I believe, the seven seed. Yeah, they're the seven seed right now uh, in the NFC playoffs. They are desperate for a win to keep this going. Uh, they got the Seahawks right on their tail. So lot to play here for play for here for Washington. Chase Young played last week. He's just a physical specimen. I'd love to have a player like that on on the defense for the Kansas City Chiefs, but they don't have that. I am leaning commanders here in this position. You know, the Browns are just dead. They're, they're just so dead. And Deshaun, I know that the conditions were bad last week. I know. But it's week after week with excuses for this guy. He just flat out sucks. He didn't play a football game for 700 days. He went out and got tugged around town by a, the, every floozy that he could find. And, you know, he, he's, just, he's just a weirdo. He's a weirdo. And he's, a, he's not a quarterback that's worth a 230, 250, whatever it is, million-dollar contract fully guaranteed. So, yeah, I've convinced myself, Joe. What do you think here? I'm, I'm taking Washington. Yeah, I mean, to your point, uh, I mean, Watson, he was out for the majority of the season, but what are you just not working on your game? I mean, the guy, fourth and 10 with no time, or fourth and 10 down seven last week, he gets sacked. I mean, he had five seconds to throw the ball. I mean, the guy – either needs a full off season or just as, I mean, he did have that issue in text in the Houston. People will forget. He always held on the ball longer than anybody in the league and got himself sacked over and over. But anyway, the commanders uh, to their point, a desperate team must win situation. Like you said, they got, you know, actually a handful of teams breathing down their neck for the wild card. Their problem is they run every time the team, the defense thinks they're going to run. They run in the most predictable situations. Then they run in the next, the second most predictable situations and are forced to throw on the first, the most predictable situations in the game. So while Heineke is making mistakes, it's on the coaching staff for not adapting. They're just not changing their strategy from week to week. It's always run, run, pass, run, run, pass. It's like, okay, the first half of the season, you were averaging five or six yards a carry because no one believed in your in your passing game, your passing game was a little better than people thought it would be. <laughs> and now people have caught on and you guys aren't changing. So, I mean, unless they change anything, it could be a nail biter, which it shouldn't be uh, given how bad Watson has been. So um, two points. They could win Tough by line. They could win by a field goal at home. I don't, I just, yeah, I mean, there's nothing that tells me to believe in the Browns. The commanders are top, I believe, top one or two in, against the run. Um, and that's all the Browns can do really well. So I'd stay away, but if I had to pick, I'll go Washington. Yeah, I think, I think that your whole, like, hesitant approach is, you know, I was trying to think of something to make fun of it, but I think you're right. I think this is a stay away. I really do. This is, it, it just, it's a hard, it's a hard lean either way. And the two actually makes me sus. The yeah. two is, it's like they're trying to get you to 
be like, oh, fuck it, it's two points. I'll just bet on the money line. And nobody knows what's going to happen in this game. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I said Washington. I, I see why you're hesitant uh, in that position. I'm just so out on Deshaun. I'm just so out on Deshaun. I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. I kind of went out on a limb and said that uh, he, he just stinks. And, uh, you know, if you're going to try to put yourself in the same discussion as the greatest football player of all time, Patrick Mahomes, you can't have, oh, I didn't play football for 700 days on your record. You can't have three or whatever it is, four straight dog shit games. Patrick Mahomes would be amazing coming off of the, the fucking street with any cast of misfits around him slinging the football around. Um, and and in Deshaun's last year in Houston, what was their record? Four and 12. Is he that good? I mean, the last time he was in the playoffs, they blew a 24 nothing lead. That's not all the defense's fault. So nope. I'm out nope. on the limb, and I think that uh, I think that Deshaun stinks. All right, let's go to the next one, Joe. Uh, Jaguars at, at Texans. Texans coming off of their f- first win in a long time, second win of the season. Jags are 7-8. and eight. Texans 2-12-1. and one. Um, Jaguars four-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. It's easy to say this because everyone's saying it, but I think they're on to something. Trevor is playing his ass off. Trevor looks good. And for all of the frustrations I had earlier this season with him, the biggest one was he, he didn't throw with any touch. Everything was just a rocket. I think Herbert does that a lot, and that gets him into trouble. Everything is a rocket out of his arm. And maybe that's just a product of him being young. And I really think he, the year with Urban Meyer didn't do anything for him. If anything, it, 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 it made him play worse. It, he regressed in his first year in, in the league, and now he's just kind of getting back to the player that he used to be with Coach Peterson. But I, I like what they're doing. I like Trevor. It's crazy to me. In my opinion, the five best quarterbacks in football all play in the AFC, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, and uh, Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion. And I think that this is a great spot for them to keep things going. You can debate that if you want. Those are just my five. But um, I like the Jaguars, minus four and a half on the road here. Texans have been playing good, though. So, like, yeah, usually I, I, I can feel it. This would be on our regular podcast with Chandler and Blaine. This would be a Blaine hammering the table for the Texans plus four and a half here. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take the Jaguars minus four and a half. They know how much they're playing for those. They're the superior coach team, the superior roster, better quarterback, but I could see why somebody would take, um, would take the Texans here. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, the only, the only way I could see it is Lovey Smith. This is a very typical or not typical, but it'd be a very Lovey Smith thing to do is to play themselves out of a, a t- number one pick. Um, but yeah, I, I, for this kind of game. And like you said, a lot of these games like seem shitty on paper. I think they're all going to be pretty entertaining games given the uh, heightened stakes um, for most of these matchups, but especially this one, this is just a gut pick. Just hammer it. You see it. This team's hot. They need it. Hammer it. They're against 
not as hapless. They might be less hapless than the Browns, but you know, two win team uh, with the now a dual quarterback backfield, uh, kind of a mess. Um, just home or away doesn't matter in this situation for me. I'm taking the four and a half. Yeah, it's like you know, it's not like the the Texans. They they beat the Malik Willis Titans nineteen to fourteen. Like, and look, I know the Chiefs played the Malik Willis Titans earlier this year, and they didn't do that great either. But it's like, you know, there were some injuries on that Titans team last week, and I just think the Jaguars can take take care of this team. Like, the Texans are a team. This sounds easy to say, but like if you watch football, you, you know what I'm saying. Like, they are a team you just have to outscore. I know that sounds so fucking stupid, but like you just have to outscore the Texans. They're not going to score 30 points. They're not going to score 40 points. So you just have to play a, you just have to play a decent football game and you're going to beat them. You know, the chiefs earlier this year, they played a horrific football game and they were playing against Carl Sheffers uh, and the refs. And it didn't really, I think that was Sheffers. Yeah. Or maybe, or it was either Sheffers or Cleet Blakeman. Oh, the Texans game? Yeah, it was either che- I think it was Sheffers. Anyways, both of them need to be <laughs> given cement shoes and thrown into the river. But, um, yeah, so I, you just got to outscore the Texans. That's my genius point of the night. You, you got to score more points than the other team. You know, <laughs> like, Trent, like Trent Dilfer said, you know, you can't – score less points than the other team and still win. So, you know, this is the expert analysis that we give on the figure it out podcast. Okay. Let's go to the next game. As we both took the Jaguars, they're 49ers uh, at the Raiders. As we make our way into the three o'clock slate, of course, as a reminder, we'll get into the bears and the chiefs games uh, at the end here, but uh, the, the 49ers 11 and four at the Raiders six and nine. Another nice record. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the, the Raiders uh, have gone to Jared Stidham. Jarrett or Jared? Jarrett. They've gone, they've gone to Jarrett Stidham, which sounds like a lacrosse player's name. And uh, interesting there, too, because Stidham was a backup for the Patriots, I believe, when McDaniels was there. And they might have drafted him, too. But Stidham's going to be their guy for the final two weeks. It's already been said to the point where Derek Carr is not with the team. Derek Carr to not be a locker room distraction. And I'm assuming that it's probably Derek's call and it'll come off as that, like he doesn't want to be a distraction, but. I mean, Derek's an emotional guy. He, he, he's done a lot for this team. He works his balls off. I know he plays really hard. He cried at the podium earlier this year. I mean, Derek Carr is – I mean, he is the dude who is a football player with, you know, a good Christian man. He's got like a, 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 the Christian symbol tattoo on his forearm, on his wrist. He just gives off like big church camp counselor vibes. Okay. And sometimes you can be that guy. Okay. You know, Mahomes is kind of a, you know, you know, I just like to catch up on steak, 
But when he gets between the lines, he is calling you a dumb motherfucker and trying to score 50 points. And when Derek Carr is on the football field, yes, he's trying to win. He's trying to score points. But Derek Carr is the kind of guy that would just be like, oh, jeepers, we lost again. Or, oh, shucks. Or Derek Carr is a, a guy that would yell, what the frick? Okay? I can't be any more clear about Derek Carr. He's not a what the fuck guy. He's a big what the frick guy. And it just doesn't work with some of these guys. Okay? I think it's going to work elsewhere. But it's not going to work for this Vegas Raiders team. He doesn't work in Vegas. And I think the 49ers are going to come in and absolutely destroy this football team. Yeah. Destroy them. The line is San Francisco minus 10. I love it. I love San Francisco minus 10 in this spot. They are such a good football team. Makes me feel good. The Chiefs blew them out earlier this year because their defense is ferocious. Their defense is ridiculous. Nick Bosa is the defensive player of the year. Uh, what's he up to on sacks? He's he's got to be right at like eighteen and a half, close to twenty. Um, you can find that. That would be great. Yeah, but he he he's an absolute freak. Fred Warner's really good. They they paid Charvarius Ward from the Chiefs, and he's had a really good season. Jimmy Ward's a good player. This is just a really good football team, and I think they cover the ten points here. Jared Stidham sucks. Josh McDaniels sucks. Jared. Uh, Derek Carr is a big what the frick guy, but I hope he lands on his feet somewhere else. That's what I got. What do you got? Yeah, Bosa is up to 17 and a half. So <laughs> that's pretty, ridiculous. Pretty nice season. Um, I would agree with everything. I would say the immediate comparison was Philip Rivers for Derek Carr and the you know, what the frick guy. A guy that could get you to the playoffs, maybe. Probably not, you know, just not a killer. Uh, unfortunately, a guy you root, like to root for, uh, you know, not in your not in your <laughs> situation because it's in your division. But um, uh, yeah, he's going to land on some team. And like you said, Indy, I think he might go to Washington. Um, but uh, Niners, another one of those teams that's hunting for the number one seed at 11 and four, a game back in that number one hunt. Um, and, you know, given how the rest of that uh rest of the conference is played i mean you know nothing's for sure the vikings are in front of them and uh that could you know surely be surpassed but for this game 10 points that's kind of how i justified it is like are they playing for something and you know crush a team 10 points is nothing playing against these raiders like like you said they are 32nd in the league on defense to go walk in the park they don't have to play christian mccaffrey the whole game probably um, and I do love seeing Brock Purdy, uh, Mr. Irrelevant, do what he's doing. I know people are saying this offense is QB proof, but all right. Well, Brock Purdy is just making the most of his opportunity. So I, I like to see that, uh, see where, it go, where he goes with it. You never know. So I'm hammering the Niners, um, and that is it. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, and and it, this offense is QB proof. It is. Um, there, there's no debate there. This is why I said this last week. This is why quarterbacks like C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins have had success. This is why Jimmy Garoppolo, who was a backup his whole career 
in New England has had success, gotten to an AFC championship game and a fucking Super Bowl. Sorry, an NFC two NFC championship games and a fucking Super Bowl with this team. It is QB proof. This is why the reports came out that Kyle Shanahan said his dream quarterback in that free agency year would have been Kirk Cousins when he was leaving Washington because you just need somebody to facilitate the offense. It is crazy to me that the quarterback who hasn't worked is the one they spent the third overall pick on, Trey Lance. That's and what I wish was... him, you know, we wish him the best with his health and everything. We don't want anybody to get hurt, but it's just crazy to me that that's the one that hasn't worked. You'd think that the most athletic guy could be the one to step in. I mean, can you, if you were to line up on a wall, Trey Lance next to Brock Purdy, C.J. Beathard, and Nick Mullins, you would just laugh at the, 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 the latter three. But they're the ones that have done better. And, and, you know, I didn't include Jimmy in that scenario because he's so handsome that he's probably in the other room banging some hot chick while we're looking at these dudes up against the wall. So, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy's the guy who's in the other room with your wife while you're looking at dudes on the wall trying to see who's the best one. So, yeah, so the 49ers are really good, and we'll get to them here in a couple games. But um, Chandler and I are pretty hard on the Vikings. This is fair, in my opinion. If I'm the Vikings, I'm terrified of, of the 49ers. I mean, just terrified of the 49ers. Yeah. I, I, that, you know, how, as a Chiefs fan, you know, I, I, want, I, I want to play all the, all the best teams. But if there was a team in the AFC that I wouldn't want to play in the playoffs, it's the Bengals. It's the Bengals. And if I'm a Vikings fan, I would not want to face the 49ers. Uh, in the playoffs. All right, let's go on. We got a few more games to get to. We've got, let's see, we got one, two, three, four, five. Got still got seven games, including the Chiefs and the Bears. So we'll 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 keep this thing going. Jets at Seahawks. Jets are seven and eight. Seahawks are seven and eight. Both teams on the outside of the playoffs, looking in tons to play for. Um, big boost here for the Jets getting Mike White back. It'll be Gino, of course. He, he got a little banged up against the Chiefs, but Gino will be uh, the guy here for the Seahawks. The line is Jets minus one and a half on the road, which I think is really interesting. I want to bet Seattle here. I really do, I, I, and I'm going to. I, I, I have been a big fan of betting on Seattle this year. They're frisky. The, the entire world basically was on the Seahawks plus 10 against the Chiefs and Vegas made an absolute killing they're doing renovations to the Bellagio Caesars Palace is getting another add-on because of all the money that people gave uh, for the Seahawks um, I think this is a good spot to have I, th I think this is a good spot to have amnesia this is a good amnesia spot in my opinion I think betting the Seahawks plus one and a half here uh, is a solid bet. Kenneth Walker is he came out of that game healthy. I know it's tough against this Jets defense. They are very good. They are very, very good. I just have a feeling that getting points at home for this Seahawks team it, it is what I want to do. I don't know how healthy Mike White is. Give okay. me the Seahawks here. Let me hear what you have to say. 
No, uh, that last point kind of made me a little hesitant. I was gonna. I looked at the line and I said Jets because of that defense. It was minus three and a half. I'm taking the Seahawks. But yeah, Mike White and his ribs. They say you know fractured, broken. Some he's two weeks removed from that getting hammered twice uh, by the Bills. Uh, but he's in. That means he's good. You know, all the all the reports I've saw, I've seen on online are this guy does not give a damn about pain, um, which is all well and good. But you know, comes to a point. That being said, I'm taking the Jets because they're just a more competent team with him. They've found these random running backs, uh, Zonathan Knight, guy can run, break tackles. Um, I don't think the Seahawks defense is anything to write home about when it comes to that, nor can they probably guard a pretty good stable receivers on the Jets. Um, I know the Seahawks also have a competent offense, but I think this Jets defense steps up. The, I mean, they were motivated to step up last week. They were just hampered by their – clown qb zach wilson and he sucks waste yes completely lost in that offense i don't know why it's like they dumped it down for him pretty good but <clears throat> with a competent quarterback who can do just enough and he goes above and beyond and given his opportunities this year especially i think you know jets get the i, I would tease it actually i would tease it to like minus three and a half now that I've talked about it enough. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, the line is accurate, but just to make my confidence, I would tease it. But I'm having the Jets at this current line. You would tease it to where they have to win by more points. That, I, that is well, fucking only outrageous. Because I want better odds. <laughs> okay. Um, Mercy, that's degeneracy. <laughs> you're right about the Jets offense Garrett uh, the running back room I think Garrett Wilson is really good too um Elijah Moore is a good receiver yeah it, 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 I think it's going to be a great game I really think it's going to be a great game uh and I think that it'll be it'll be must watch tv a ton on the line um yeah I, I'm looking low, forward to you think it'll be pretty low scoring what's the over under 42 and a half but so just Vegas given, doesn't even without that like given just the makeup like do you think because of the high pressure situation Vegas wants you to bet the under there yeah oh, sorry 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 Vegas wants you to bet the over there they want you to bet the over they want it 42 and a half they want you to be like oh that's low they 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 want you to bet the over there because they they they're thinking for something a little bit lower you know keep in mind the, the the Seahawks only scored 10 points last week, and they had three up until, like, the last two minutes of the game. So the, I think Vegas wants you to take the over there. I really okay. do. Okay. So, yeah, so actually now hearing that and just kind of process, processing it live right here, I would want to take Seattle and the under at home. That sounds sexy to me. Yeah. That'll be my flag plant. Well, well you and I, since we talked, outside of this a lot we'll we'll keep track of this and we'll see we'll see oh, yeah. who comes out on top but uh definitely good discussion there so vikings at packers divisional matchup here packers have been playing really good football i'll let you speak a lot more about this game because this is your division uh being a bears fan i want to get your opinion 
on Minnesota. Here, let me set the stage a little bit more too. Minnesota's 12 and three, Packers seven and eight. Packers are three and a half point favorites at home. That is crazy to me. I mean, Minnesota has won 11 out of 11 one score games. That's never happened. It's just ridiculous. All right, I'm going to shut up. I want your opinion on Minnesota. Then go right into your opinion of this game, and then I'll finish this out. Go. No, yeah, like you said, it is unfathomable how they how they pull these games out in a similar fashion to Tampa Bay, except Tampa Bay hasn't done it as frequent. So, and Vikings just have a better roster, but I don't think they just keep proving us wrong every game. Every game they pull out of their ass that you think, okay, they're going to turn a corner. They're going to dominate this next one. Their defense is just not good, plain and simple. They let let teams run up the score early and then somehow buckle down. I mean, that that Colts game is a perfect epitome. The Colts stink out loud, but that Vikings defense gave up three, only gave up three points, you know, 33, what was it, 33 points in the first half, three points in the second half. That's not going to win you a playoff game. That's just not going to work. You're going against the Niners, the Eagles, the you know the the rest of this <laughs> could be crazy. But I mean, the Packers—if the Packers make it, if the Lions make it—these are different offenses. Um, that's it's not going to work. Um, even if you okay, you win a division game um, or the division playoff game, fine. I just don't see it going longer than that. It's nothing to hang your hat on, uh, unfortunately. I think Kirk Cousins is an easy guy to root for, but even in my division. Um, <clears throat> Packers, also fraudulent, though. They've definitely turned it up, and they've played better, sure. But Aaron Rodgers is missing easy throws still. He, he's point, He's doing enough to win some of these games, but he's still missing easy throws. They might be without Christian Watson. Um, I don't understand why they're favorites. I mean, it's like you said, the inclement weather is kind of passing. It'll, it'll be cold, certainly, but and the Vikings do play much better in, in a dome. But uh, I, I don't see it. I mean, the uh, Packers could lean on the run pretty heavily here. That would be my strategy with A.J. Dillon uh, playing really well lately, uh, and Aaron Jones being Aaron Jones. But uh, mm. I think this is where, like, the last game, Vegas begging you to go one way on uh, the over-unders in that case. But in this case, I think they're begging you to take – I don't know. They're beg- the Green Bay side just seems like the tempting side. But here is what this... I was- Go ahead. I just think the Vikings <laughs> – the Vikings have me under a spell. I think they're going to just come out and play a full 60-minute all-around good football. And they're probably not going to do it. They haven't done that all year, though. That's the thing. The Vikings haven't done that all year. So when when are they going to do that? Look, the there was a game earlier in the year that the Vikings were two point dogs uh, on the road against the Lions, and the Lions whipped their ass, and. Blaine and I talked about this. Blaine, 
Blaine is a really sharp better. And so I like chatting with him about this. Sometimes he and I are on different sides. It seems like oftentimes he and I are on different sides. And I'm not saying I'm like super sharp, but I think that's good to get the takes on both sides because, you know, gambling is so hard. It's, it's hard to get these things right. Blaine was saying in that Vikings-Lions matchup where the Lions were favored by two at home and they had a way worse record, that that was a spot where Vegas was begging you to take. It was a, it was a fake line. It was a fake line. Like how, you know, well, Vegas is telling you all that you need to know about Minnesota because they're dogs to the lions. So Blaine was arguing that you should be taking Minnesota in that position because, you know, Vegas is telling you the lions are better. You should take Minnesota. Here it is again. Here, I took Minnesota with him that time, and they got destroyed. I want to take Green Bay here. I want to take Green Bay. It's a divisional matchup. I want to take Green Bay at home. The weather's going to be fine. I mean, it's going to be in the low 30s, but there's no snow in the forecast for Sunday. So I am going to take Green Bay with the three and a half here. The only place I guess this could get murky is that it's not a primetime game, and so Kirk tends to play better when it's on a primetime game. But it is in the 3 o'clock window, so it's going to be kind of in primetime. So I haven't seen much injury news for this game. I'm going to say something nice about Minnesota here. Justin Jefferson is like – he is football pornography to watch. He is so – amazing at football the way he moves is is can't miss television and the way that he go ahead every time against double coverage every every time and he consistently finds himself in big moments always coming up clutch there's usually three guys on him at that point four and he still comes up clutch Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in football I said this way earlier in the year after he had that fourth down catch is that against Buffalo I think so oh that's listeners if that's wrong they're screaming at their phone or wherever they're getting this podcast but um when he had that fourth down catch I said on the follow-up podcast that that was the greatest, that he is the greatest receiver that I've ever seen. I I think I was right. He is just incredible. And this is year two or three, right? This Uh, two. No, three. Wait. Either way. He's same year as CD Lamb. So three. He is a remarkable player, and the Vikings nailed that. They did a great job with that. It's kind of ironic how the Eagles passed up on uh, Jefferson by taking Jalen Rager. Yep. And now both of them are on the Vikings, Rager and Jefferson. Pretty ironic there. Okay, too much time on that game. Let's go on to the next one. We're Actually, wait, did you say who you got there? Did you say Packers? I was actually going to take Packers as well. So we're going to have like two games that are different uh, from each other. Rams at Chargers. (laughs) 
Rams and Chargers, the battle of SoFi Stadium. Rams are five and ten. Chargers are nine and six. Chargers six and a half point favorites in this game. The Chargers have clinched a playoff position, but they're battling, you know, for 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 seeding. Uh, they don't want to have any letups here. First time that Herbert's going to be in the playoffs. I think Brandon Staley is a fucking jackass of a head coach. And uh, is it Joe Lombardi? That's their offensive coordinator. A lot of people have problems with him too. So uh, in spite of all that, in spite of losing um, JC Jackson for the season, in spite of losing Joey Bosa for most of the season, who they think they might get back this week. Yeah. Um, and in spite of losing Rayshon Slater, they're really good left tackle. Yeah. Uh, for the season they're in the playoffs this is another team that i don't want really want to play if i'm the chiefs in the playoffs i think they're a really good team although they they're really not operating that efficiently on offense as far as scoring points uh mike williams and keenan allen are healthy they're they're a good team in my opinion that could get to the next level if they got some coaching decisions uh right six and a half points is Six and a half points is it, – it, it, it's a big line, but I, you know, I, I don't care that the Rams whipped up on the Broncos. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Chargers at home, six and a half. But you look like you might have something else in mind. Let's hear it. Yeah, I think whereas probably a month ago I was just saying the Rams are dead. They're good. They should be no less than six-point uh, underdogs to every team. I don't care who it is. They playing, they're playing harder, and I know Baker's not lighting up the world or anything, but he's playing for a you know a career resurgence in, in his own right. I think McVay has like a renewed energy in a lost season. They're not without you know they're without a lot of their weapons, but Cam Akers is running really well. The Chargers have been playing better against the run and and what was a big weakness earlier in the season, but I. One for the fun of the podcast. This is not holy, holistic, you know, holistically just because I'm doing this for the podcast, but I think the Rams could cover. I think the Chargers stink at covering, <laughs> much like your beloved Chiefs. They're just not good at being the favorite. That's not how the Chiefs operate. The Chiefs are just, they're just going to win games. And, you know, if they don't cover, they don't cover. But the Chargers, I think, in, are in uncharted waters where they're, you know, are favored pretty heavily. <clears throat> and I think, Yes, they've already clinched a spot. So it's kind of a letdown spot in that realm. Yeah, they can play for better seeding, um, but I do think they'll win. They just won't cover. Um, on paper, they're the most, they're far superior that they're getting everyone healthy um, on the skills position side. Um, but uh, I think they just will find a way to not cover this game. That's a the the that's a veteran move. I pulled this once earlier in the podcast. Um, and Chandler does this a lot. Kind of what you said. It's, I think that I like you said. Like I don't think that the Rams will win, but they'll cover. It's kind of the two. It's the it's the condom bet of the night. It's the four condom bet. You're like you know I'm gonna play it safe here. And I'm gonna say something nice about both sides so I can kind of get maybe one. Uh, one thing right so the full condom bet would be if i hedged it and i bet charges money line but rams might plus uh plus six and a half yeah be the full 
<laughs> yeah, it would. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, you know what? I think if Baker's smart, I think if similarly to Sam Darnold, I think Darnold actually is better than Baker in my opinion, but I think that they have a similar kind of career so far in the NFL where, you know, Baker's had Freddie Kitchens and who was the coach before that Hugh Jackson and multiple different offensive coordinators. He had Matt rule. He had Kevin Stefanski for one year and they did pretty good, but it's kind of been proven that Kevin Stefanski might not be as good as he was that first year. And um, now it's, you know, with, with, with McVay, he's been with McVay for like a cup of coffee and he's playing pretty good football, you know? So I, I, I think if he's smart, he'll try to hook on to the Rams and let, you know, if Stafford does come back next year, which who knows, honestly, you know, McVay and Stafford could just, and Donald could just dip after this year, but, if McVay stays, I think it'd be good for Baker's career to kind of just stick on there, be the backup to Stafford. Stafford's not going to play a full season. He, it'd be crazy if he did, or you know, he rarely does. So, no, I fully agree. Yeah, I forgot Baker had Hugh Jackman or Hugh Jackson. Yeah. Um, in other news, this is another quick tangent. I don't know if you've seen this, but my Kansas Jayhawks are in overtime. <laughs> For the Kansas Jayhawks, it is 53 to 53 in their bowl game against Arkansas. And I'm just going to tell the listeners live that I have Kansas plus <laughs> two and a half. And I believe they're tied through two overtimes. So now they're just going to have a two point conversion off. So I just, I think I just covered this fucking game regardless. Let's now, 30, now 31 to seven. With five minutes to go in the second quarter. <laughs> and our friend Ryan Waters was blowing up our group message like he usually does with yeah. uh, negative Nancy bullshit. And look at that. It's 53 to 53. I, and uh, if I'm but- wrong, that's going to be really sad. But I think they just do a two-point conversion back and forth once they get to the third overtime. And the um, first um- overtime, it's regular. Second overtime, you have got to go for two. And then the third one, it's just dueling two-point conversions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. <laughs> That's actually so sick. Dude, what a barn burner. Holy hell. I know. And here I am sat talking with your ass about the fucking Vikings. This is ridiculous. Okay, anyways, <laughs> let's, let, let's get through these last few games so I can <laughs> – so I can go buy a Kia with these winnings that I just got. Um, two more games, and then we'll get into the Chiefs. So four games, Chiefs and uh, Bears. So four games total. Steelers seven and eight at the Baltimore Ravens ten and five. It, the Steelers have an outside shot at the playoffs. The AFC North is not locked up. It's not. It, it's it's still up for grabs. This is what in seasons past would be football that you would salivate at week 17 AFC North Steelers Ravens but you know the, the yeah, Lamar big, is still not practicing it might be Tyler Huntley and the Ravens defense is playing really well right now but their offense stinks 
The offense for the Steelers, it's the same story for them, too. Their offense stinks. Big moment from Kenny Pickett and George Pickens, the rookies against the Raiders last week. But come on, the Raiders should have won that game if they weren't completely inept. The Steelers looked freaking terrible. And uh, the the line is Baltimore minus two and a half. That's really that's what I'm going to bet. Um, even if it's if it's Tyler Huntley, it's going to be close. Um, yeah. But like, you know, in a, in a slow scoring, close game like that, what moves the needle for me is Justin Tucker. And I think they can win by three points. So I'll, uh, I'll take I'll take the Ravens. What do you got? I would. I'm going to blindly agree, but for a different reason. I think the Ravens defense is emerged as a top five unit with the additions of Roquan Smith. And all their cornerbacks getting healthy. They continue to just stuff teams um, in Lamar Jackson's absence. Um, I think they'll probably take one to the house versus Steelers. They tend to have dumb turnovers. Um, they have all year, whether it's a pick or fumble. Um, so I think from that aspect, that's why I take the Baltimore Ravens easily. Sorry, I was muted. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I'm curious what the over-under is in that game. I'm sorry if you said it, but it's, it's 35. 35. That is, that is pathetic. And I, I, I have taken some low lines. I bet the under on the Saints and Browns last week in that oh, terrible no. weather. And I think it was 32, 31. You got, I got it at 32. 31 and a and, half. And it was, uh, it was 17 to 10. And it was 17 to 10 for the entire fourth quarter. And I'm sweating the whole time. While they're in, while they're in minus 30 degree temperatures in Cleveland, I was sweating in my living room watching that game. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that. I'm glad that it ended up hitting because there were no points scored in, in the fourth quarter. So, so that was great. Okay. Let's finish this up, Joe. Um, before we get to our teams, yeah. we were both on the Ravens there, Monday night football, January 2nd, the chiefs game is obviously my favorite game of the week. All eyes are on this game. This yeah. is, this is on paper, probably the best matchup of the entire season. I was about to um, say, Bills 12 and three at Bengals 11 and four Buffalo on the road minus one. It's a pick them basically. And um, I think this is a phenomenal football game. Haven't seen much injury news because they'll, they're just getting started on their practice. Uh, they'll get started tomorrow, I believe, unless they've started just a little bit early, but a uh, big thing to note, this will be the first game that the Bengals won't have right tackle Lyle Collins. The Bengals have had continuity on their offensive line all season long. They're not going to have him. Of course, that's been the story of the Bengals is that they've had a bad offensive line. It led to Burrow getting hurt his rookie year. It led to him being sacked a bunch of times last year. It's led to him being sacked at times this year, but they've had the continuity. They're not going to have him this year. I'm sure they've got a, a guy to plug in, but something to monitor there. But this has got all the makings of a heavyweight fight rat. This is Allen Burrow. This is Diggs. This is Davis. This is, um, this is Chase and, and T Higgins. Uh, this is going to be really, really a lot of fun. 
And as a Chiefs fan, even though they've beaten us three times in the year 2022, um, it's a new year. It'll be January 2nd for this game. I'm the biggest Bengals fan in the world here. The biggest Bengals fan in the world. And just for the Chiefs fans, just as a reminder, if the Bengals win this game, all the Chiefs will have to do, assuming they win against the Broncos uh, this week, is to beat the Raiders in week 18, and they're the one seed. And you can't overstate how big the one seed is in the NFL. Um, This is not like the NBA playoffs one seed or the MLB playoffs one seed. This is a big deal because of the physicality of the sport. And to get an extra bye week is massive. And to not have to travel until the Super Bowl, if you make it, is, is, is equally as huge. So uh, if the Bills do win this game, the Chiefs will have a chance if the Bills could lose their next week and assuming the Chiefs win both of their final games. But the Bengals are a great team. The Bills are a great team. This is an amazing matchup. Because of my rooting interest, I'm going to take the, the Bengals plus one. Um, and I'm curious to hear what you have to say, because you do have some allegiance famil- in, on, the, on the family side, some familial allegiance uh, to the Bills. But I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this matchup. Yeah, uh, the old man is from Buffalo. Uh, but, I mean, last week, you know, it's not like I was rooting for the Bills. I wanted the Bears to be a little more competitive, of course, in that game. I will say the Bills defense crushed our run game which they haven't done all, you know, consistently all year. And if they do that against the Bengals, it's not going to hamper the Bengals completely like it will, it did the Bears. But, I mean, taking Mixon out of the picture, that helps them uh, in this one, you know, this matchup and, and going forward, maybe they meet again later. But, um, but like you said, this is a – it should might as well be a pick em. This is a tough one because both defense are pr- – Defenses are pretty com- comparable. Um, I would say the Bills, after losing Von Miller, have still been pretty good at generating pressure. And the Bengals themselves, uh, even with Hendrickson having a broken wrist, playing pretty well, uh, generating pressure themselves. The Bills do have the one late-season improvement, which is their run game. Uh, they have Singletary and now uh, Delvin Cook's brother, uh, James Cook. Um really coming on, coming into his own in his rookie year um, and kind of a, forming that two-headed monster in the backfield, which is going to be key in the postseason. But for this game, uh, it could make a difference. Um, <clears throat> I say all that to say I'm taking the Bills. Um, if you, <laughs> Everyone can probably see if they look on ESPN. The Bills, very good away. Bengals, very good at home. Something's got to give. <laughs> So I'm, I'm taking the opposite side of this, um, you know, for multiple reasons. But uh, Josh Allen finds a way. I think the biggest mismatch, in my opinion, is it will be – so Tredavious White's a really good corner. Whatever slop the, – the Bills secondary, you know, with Micah Hyde out, Tredavious White and Jordan Poyer are really fucking good football players, okay? But this rookie that they drafted, Kair Elam, was a healthy scratch earlier in the year. He's not, he's not playing great, okay? So identify where 
Tredavious White is on every play. So if he's on Chase, I mean, Chase, Chase can still, he can win against anybody. But like the biggest mismatch for me is the other Bengals receiver on the other Bills corner. That's what I'm looking at. So, so this could be a real big game for T. T, T could have a really big game here, right? Sure. So like they're going to devote a ton of resources to trying to stop Jamar Chase. Every team does that, and it doesn't matter. He's phenomenal. But this could be one of those games where you get a lot from from T Higgins or. Um, Tyler Boyd. Well, I was going to say Hayden Hurst. I don't know if, and you know, this could be a game where there's a ton of resources devoted to these receivers, Gabe Davis and Diggs and Higgins and Chase, and we could see Knox and and Hayden Hurst getting involved. This this is just a, it's a hard game to identify what is going to happen because we know both teams are going to be up for it. And like I said, it's going to be a heavyweight fight. And what usually happens in those heavyweight fights, one person lands a knockout punch at some point, and that's that's the difference in the game. So, um, you know, the Bengals take care of the football, and the Bills really don't. That's why the Bengals get the Chiefs all the time, because the Chiefs don't take care of the football. And uh, maybe that could be um, an, a factor. Josh Allen leads the league. He's got the most games this year um, with multiple interceptions in, in, in a single game. He's got five. And so that's the most in, in all of football. So, and I'm not shit talking to anybody. I mean, he, Josh Allen's a really great quarterback. Uh, so is, so is Burrow. Um, I don't like either of these teams, but I'm cheering as hard as I can uh, for the Bengals here. Any final thoughts before we get to our, our, our teams? No, yeah, I think it could be, you know, last possession wins kind of thing. Um, I actually am going to throw out it's going to go to overtime. Whew. That would be exciting on a Monday night to close out week 17. You know, I would yeah. love that. Yeah, it's sta- this game being standalone and we have to wait an extra day, Monday night, the last Monday night, you know, this is the last, the last primetime game of the year. I believe I don't think there's a week like I said there's the last I think you're right cuz week 18 in the entire league says TBD on time so I don't know if they'll flex anybody to nighttime or whatever but oh okay. yeah <clears throat> All right that's super exciting man. let's let's get to the bears and the chiefs and we'll get the hell out of here um 3 and 12 bears at the 7 eight, and 8 lions we're going back in time here this game's a noon kickoff uh, in Detroit at Ford Field I don't think the Lions are mathematically out. They can still get in there. Um, they're seven and eight like the Seahawks and the Packers and stuff like that. But they were in a real great position to get into the playoffs, playing the hottest that they could be playing. And they did it again. They did it again. They, they did what the Lions always do. And I have just been flip-flopping back and forth about this team. I'm nice one week. I'm apolog- I'm pissed off the next week. Then I'm a, a apologetic. It's just ridiculous. I said this earlier. They let Carolina run for 320 yards on them. Ridiculous. Um, em- embarrassing. And uh, the Lions are six-point favorites here. They desperately need this game. And I think that the Bears are just kind of mailing it in the rest of the way. Let, let you 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 talk about this game. You're the Bears fan. Yeah. The 
yeah, I totally see from their perspective. It should be mailing in because the Texans, you know, could ruin their chances of getting number one and we could better our chances of getting number one by losing this game. And all of us Bears fans have just been rooting for progress each week. We just want to see one good thing that, you know, can pile on the next from week to week. You know, we just keep stacking pluses, but we keep losing. So we keep improving that stuff, the trade, um, the uh, trade pick uh, status. Uh, but I think we're and Ibrafus was asked in the at press conference during the week, like, are we going to play the starters? And he said, absolutely. Absolutely. We want to try to win these last two to try to build on the momentum going the off season. That sounds kind of like both BS and real. <clears throat> and this is one of the games where you can play spoiler. That would be the one of the motivating factors we want, you know, we've had this unit, this, for the most part, this unit has been intact. There's obviously injuries, but in, in terms of morale and in a lost season, you know, keeping the unit together mentally um, is, you know, quite an accomplishment for a first year coach. And I think this could be a game where we step up. The lions are down bad. I'm obviously, I think the lions could obviously still easily win, but for the reasons I would say the bears win is because the lions are down bad. Yeah. They're desperate, but boy, do they now have some alarms, alarm bells ringing for that run defense. <laughs> like you said, they let the Panthers do whatever the hell they wanted on the ground. And they knew it was going to happen. They knew it was coming. The Panthers did the same thing the week prior and didn't matter. Um, the Lions have not shown, you know, any propensity to be dominant at home. They're below 500. So obviously that would be, <laughs> that's the case. Um, I will say the Lions have way more motivation. Obviously they have a tiebreaker of over Green Bay. Uh, if they, you know, win out and Green Bay wins out and the rest falls by the wayside. But um, I can see the, I can see the bears winning. I can see the Lions winning. That's why this line stinks. And I'm hammering the bears plus six. <laughs> Just like a typical fan would. <laughs> I know I'm laughing after saying all that, but I think, I think we could do it. It would not be a good win because of the draft status and whatnot, but I don't think there's going to be a big difference between pick number one and pick number four. Like the top, the top four teams are going to be looking at quarterback. So we could trade back for a couple picks since we found our guy, supposedly uh, remains to be seen, obviously, but I've come to believe more in Justin Fields as the season has gone along. You know, he hasn't had his moment like in the fourth quarter where he comes back and wins yet. This could be it. This could be the game. Maybe we're not even down. Maybe we're up and we just close it out. But I think not the momentum in the offseason. That sounds like bullshit. But for Justin Fields' mental uh, capacity – or not capacity, but just from the mental side of the game, I think it would be big for his progress, uh, his own improvement. So let him throw the damn ball. That's my last point. Let him throw the damn ball. Let's just see where it goes. We have nothing to lose. Give him, and if he and he can be cap, can capitalize, so be it. That's more more positives. So, I'm taking the Bears plus six. From an outsider's perspective, you can't 
just let him throw the football. Your offense can't protect, and if he is the future of your franchise, what in the hell do you need him to throw against the fucking Lions? In a, if you win, you're out of your top two draft pick. You don't, you don't, you don't need that. You don't just play a regular football game. If you're in it at the end, maybe go try to win it. If you lose the game, who the fuck cares? That's why I'm that's. At- I mean by let him throw have a more balanced attack we've been way more like 70 30 yeah. run pass that's all i meant just then then fuck it i'll go with you then just because you convinced me i'm flip-flopping i'll take the i'll take the points i'll take the bears plus six and uh but tell me why like have you lost confidence and just complete confidence in the lions to do like to go back to what they were a month ago well, I keep one week I say that I hate the Detroit Lions, and if the Detroit Lions were a kid at my elementary school, I would have bullied them and thrown them into a locker or called them a pussy. But then but, they go but, on a winning streak and play good football, and then Dan Campbell does some shit that I think is funny, and then I like them. And then the next week, Dan Campbell says some Mickey Mouse bullshit like, oh, I didn't even know that we threw the ball to Penny Sewell, our offensive lineman, on fourth down or whatever it was, or on third down to win the game because I was watching the crowd do it the way. Like, I just flip-flop so much on this team. And with you being on the pod with their performance last week, you know, how can you respect any football team that lets up 320 yards of, of rushing? You can't respect any of those football teams. I can't take these guys seriously. You know what? No, I'm done flip-flopping. I fucking hate the Detroit Lions, and I, they, I hope they get shot right into the sun. Okay? Let's go Bears. And now, keep in mind, Joe, when the Bears inevitably lose this football game by two scores, I will be hunting you down, and, and I will be sending you a very mean tweet about my feelings about the Chicago Bears, and I will probably tag the Bears in the tweet. Fine. This won't happen. That's not happening. That's not happening. Okay, last game, and then I can't believe Kansas covered that game. That is ridiculous. Is it over? Okay, it's over. Yeah, Kansas ended up losing, unfortunately, which breaks my heart, but um, it didn't break my bank, so that's good. Um, It's a – a, we lost a, a meaningless bowl game, um, but I'm going to go, you know, I don't have to tell my wife that we have to take out a second mortgage on the house. Give so, us the, uh, what's the final stat line on Daniels? Okay, let's see here. This is probably absurd. 50, so the score was 55 to 53. So Kansas failed to get the two-point conversion. Jalen Daniels was 37 of 55. 544 yards, five touchdowns, two picks. <laughs> That's Mahomes at Texas Tech. Yeah. So, and he, the team only ran for 59 yards total. So it was just an aerial barrage. Um, and then on the on the flip side, Kansas um, surrendered. Or so Arkansas ran for 394 yards and five touchdowns. So they, they ran all over Kansas's ass. Um, and then they only threw for 287 yards. So they had nearly 700 yards of offense. And Kansas had about 600. So I'll watch the highlights later and see what happened there. But regardless, Kansas plus two and a half was a winner. You know, I've never experienced that I with the change in the overtime rules. 
I, having a guaranteed cover felt pretty good there. It'd That's be funny. like having a, it'd be like having a team, you know, what would that be? It'd be like having a team when they have to get a touchdown in the NFL overtime. What would that, if you had like a team minus six or something like that, Yeah. whatever it is. I don't even know if that's right, but yeah, it was a guaranteed cover with that ending there. And so that was really fun. Final game. I want to get your thoughts on this game too, just a little bit, but uh, the Denver Broncos are facing the Kansas city chiefs uh, at Arrowhead stadium, Denver four and 11 chiefs, 12 and three. It'll be a noon kickoff. Uh, Chiefs minus 12 and a half. We didn't do a recap podcast last week, but it, you didn't really need to say much. The Chiefs beat the Seahawks. Their offense didn't play very well. Their defense played probably probably their best game of the season, which was great to see. Steve Spagnolo defenses tend to get better as the season goes on. He's a he's really good in the playoffs as a defensive coordinator. Um, and I hope it continues here. I don't want any let-ups. The Broncos fired Nathaniel Hackett, obviously, um, and they have an interim head coach, which I don't know if you know his name. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it's the guy that they brought in to be their, like, quality control. Like, the guy they brought out of retirement to help out. Um, when you're giving your side of it, I'll, I'll find out what the guy's name is. But anyways, look, Russ is the worst quarterback in football. That was the most pathetic thing that I had ever seen against the Rams they have gave up a 50 burger to the Rams and what that told you is that this defense finally quit this team is imploding they're in a terrible position they have no draft picks they have no cap space and they have to make it work with Russ even if they cut him it's like 120 something million dollar cap hit like you you won't even be able to field a team so Russ is terrible. It is music to my ears. I mean, I love this. I love that Denver's terrible. I, I, I despise Denver with every fiber of my being. Their fans are trash. Um, and I know the Chiefs don't cover a lot of this. So it's hard for me to bet on this. But just last week, they covered 10. So I'm a homer. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus 12 and a half. Chiefs are super healthy. Colin Saunders, who missed last week on the defensive line, is supposed to be back. McCole Hardman practiced today. Um, he, Andy Reid, said unless there's a setback this week, uh, he expects him to be able to play this weekend. Kadarius Tony logged more snaps and got into the end zone last week, so he's going to be more healthy. And Patrick Mahomes is flat out the most absurd, amazing football player in the world. His ability – his awareness on the field, his el elusivity, would that be a word? His elusiveness? Yeah. Both. He, he, he is just so remarkable. He is the MVP front runner. And I don't remember the exact number, but it's 500 something all purpose yards is what he needs to have to break Drew Brees' record for most passing and rushing yards by a quarterback in a season he is so close I mean he's got he's like less than he's less than 300 yards away from another 5,000 yard season he has his fourth out of five years in the as the quarterback for the Chiefs four out of five years he has over 4,500 passing yards and over 35 touchdowns the only person who's had more seasons like that 
in his career is Tom Brady with five. And he's done it in 20 plus years. Mahomes has done that and he's done it four out of five years. This guy is just absolutely remarkable. I feel so blessed to have him. Here's the biggest thing for the Chiefs. And I've been hammering this home. We've talked about it for the last hour and a half, Joe. The biggest thing this time of year, other than winning, I mean, you, you have to win. Getting out of these games healthy. The Chiefs play a miserable football team. You should win the game. You cannot sustain any key injuries that are going to hinder you in the playoffs. Stay healthy. Play smart. Take care of business. Get out of Dodge. And then get ready to play the Raiders next week. This is the final home game for the Chiefs in the regular season this year. End it on a good note. And then get yourself ready to watch the Bengals and the Bills on Monday night to know where you stand going into week 18. Give me the Chiefs minus 12 and a half all day. Give me the Chiefs. Do you have anything? Uh, no, I was going to say exactly like that. I mean, the Broncos have zero. That's probably the first game where there's nothing to play for. Well, Cardinals just gave up. They just gave up, Joe. They just gave up. But to, to your point, when, when people let up or play less hard, usually get injured. So play hard, keep Pat clean, get these, get long, fast, or fast scores, get up a lead, run the damn ball, waste time, just get out of there. Yeah. Well, Make sure you get 13. <laughs> Yeah, cover cover the spread, please. Win by two touchdowns, and it'll just be easy for everybody. Okay, that's going to do it for us. That was so much fun, Joe. Thank you for joining again. I just had to had to make do and get some content out there for the figure it, figure it out podcast listeners. Um, should have Chandler and Blaine back next week uh, for the recap. Hopefully, it's a positive one recapping a Chiefs victory over uh, the Denver Broncos uh, this week. Joe, real quick before we get out of here, plug your podcast. Tell us where we can find you um, and listen to the Ball Placement Podcast. Really appreciate you having me on, Johnny. Uh, really think highly of you and the podcast, of course. Uh, our podcast is the Ball Placement Podcast. You can find it on Spotify. We are working on putting it on iTunes or Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> um, You're but, a boomer. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty new to the game, but we're trying to grow it. Uh, we are, again, a Chicago Bears, Commanders, and uh, overall NFL podcast that uh, <laughs> just want to <laughs> commiserate with the rest of our other fans out there um, <laughs> that have to endure the Bears and Commanders franchises. But, uh, yeah, hope to have your ears as well. But, yeah, uh, it's a good podcast to have a beer and a cigarette with. <laughs> to talk Absolutely. about the commanders and the bears okay well that was fun joe definitely appreciate it and folks check out if you have any extra time if we have any bears or commanders listeners jordan turner who contributes i'm sure he'll check you guys out one of these times all the best to you guys joe and if we ever have to do this again i'll give you a call man i appreciate it thank you all right guys we'll talk to you next week uh, for the recap podcast uh, the johnny's final thought uh, is that get out of the game healthy, like I said. The Chiefs need to get out of this game healthy and 
uh, happy with a victory. And of course, all eyes will be on the Bills Bengals game on Monday night. Looking forward to a great weekend of football. Happy New Year to everybody, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye.